0: The following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Good morning. <clears throat> mm. Colossians 2. And you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith, in the powerful working of God who raises the dead. And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful to be together this morning. Lord, I thank you for this family. Thank you for making us one. We pray, Lord, that your Spirit would open our eyes to your word this morning, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds, and that we would be a little bit more like Christ because we were together this morning around your word. So, Lord, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would mess us up for your glory. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hello. It may be uh, Sunday morning for you, but for me... It's Friday morning it's going to be a long Friday too I imagine it's going to last all the way until next Sunday when for me hopefully it will feel a little more like Friday afternoon I'm referring to of course my upcoming sabbatical which will begin on on the 1st of June but next Sunday will be the last time that I'm here with you all um, <clears throat> for a while. Yeah. So um, this, yes, this next Sunday will be the last time I'm with you until September. So I want to take this opportunity to talk to you about the concept of Sabbath rest so that you have a better understanding of what it is that's going on and uh, why I will not be here. Um, <clears throat> first before I do any explaining I want to say thank you for the gift that this sabbatical is to me as difficult as it might be for me to consider um, <clears throat> it is a wonderful blessing to be able to, um, to separate for rest and refreshment <clears throat> and yet still be fully supported by the church so I'm very grateful for that so, what do we know about Sabbath? Because this uh, Sabbath concept is not just for me. Um, it is also for you. The concept of Sabbath is not new either. You may have heard of it before. It's written in a book that's very popular um, that we call the Holy Bible. <coughs> Excuse me. So, what do we know about Sabbath? Sabbath. First of all, the word Sabbath is from a Hebrew word, Shabbat. Or if you look at it carefully, Sabbath. Uh, And that was not funny. Um, The the word Shabbat means to rest from labor. Um, And the Sabbath is a day of rest. This, the Sabbath was created by God and modeled for mankind as a day of rest and refreshment for the body and as a blessing for the soul. God himself established the Sabbath in paradise after the creation of the world. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through 3 says, Thus the heavens and earth were finished, and all the host of them. Thank you. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, this word translated rested, God rested, is the Hebrew word Shabbat. Heard of it before? Now, why did God rest? It's because he's tired, right? Sworn out, man. It's a lot of work making universe, planets, and inventing and all this stuff. No. I'm glad you agree. God did not rest because he was tired. His strength and power is infinite. The same God that created heavens and earth holds it, so it keeps spinning. Right? All of it. He rested meaning he ceased his labor on the seventh day to establish a pattern for mankind to follow and to show (coughs) that Sabbath rest is rooted in the character of God. I think this is part of God we don't really like, (laughs) to be honest. When was the last time you took a day off? We like to work, right? Maybe not all of us. we can see Sabbath rest was established by the Father at the very beginning in paradise. Now, this important, in paradise is important part there. God established the Sabbath before sin came into the world. So when everything is still perfect, no sin, no death, no punishment, the Sabbath was established for mankind. So it's good to look back at the old days, you know, when things were good, before sin entered the world. It's part of the pattern established by God. Hmm. Weird. So you can see, way back then, in the very beginning, the world was perfect, no sin. But much later, after the fall of man and the enslavement of God's people in Egypt, you remember the Israelites? Right, from your flannel graph Sunday school lesson, All right. during the exodus, this is why you don't ever give me gum or, because I talk totally different. Thank you. I don't, no. Seinfeld did a really funny skit on that. When you chew gum, you talk like you don't care about anything. I don't know what it is. and I'm doing it right now. Excuse me. Forgive me. During the Exodus, the escape of the children of Israel from enslavement in Egypt, the Sabbath is connected still to God's provision. It's connected to his character in creation in the very beginning. And it's connected to God's provision, meaning that's his ability and willingness to provide for the needs of his people through Sabbath. Well, how do you do that? I'll show you. He showed us a long time ago. In Exodus 16, uh, verse 9, start of verse 9, the people of Israel were in the wilderness and all begun grumbling about starving to death in the desert. Now I would imagine if you had to lead, lead a couple million people out of, you know, the capital city of West Ossipee and into the wilderness, um, you'd have to think about what you're going to feed them, right? Well, In the desert, it's not quite the same as here. Stop by a stream and catch a fish or come up to my neighborhood and wrangle a bear and eat that. In the desert, it's different. There's nothing. I've been to that desert. Zach has been... You didn't go to the desert, did you? Did you go to Sinai? So Zach has not been there either. (laughs) But Joel and Michelle have been. When they say desert, wilderness... This is exactly what it means. There's nothing rocks and dirt for as far as the eye can see. And here are God's people grumbling and complaining about starving free in the desert. Uh, they would rather be eating all they wanted as slaves in Egypt. So what does God do? He provides manna and quail. Listen to Exodus 16, the start of verse nine. And Moses said to Aaron, "'Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, "'Come near before the Lord, for he has heard our grumbling.' And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, "'I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. "'Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat.' Do you know what the Hebrew word is for what is it? Manna. That's why they call it that. For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it each of you as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less, But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But hmm, they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. A reminder to do what God says. Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, "'This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till morning.' So they did so they laid it aside till the morning, as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, "Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. today you will not find it in the field. six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none on the seventh day, I just get a kick out of the people of Israel." <laughs> On the seventh day, some of the people went out together, but they found none. Huh. Just like they were told. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Good thing we're not like them. God provided enough for the people on the sixth day so they would not have to gather any on the seventh day, even though they tried. And yet, even though he made it clear to them that the seventh day was for resting, they still went out to gather more manna. So what does this say? It's just them, right, not us, so we don't have to worry so much about this ourselves. That's not true. I think this speaks to the fallen nature of mankind. The fact that we refuse to rest and we refuse to listen to what God says. The people still wanted to get out there and get work done even though God gave them enough the day before so they wouldn't have to do it. And he told them, don't do it. And they did it anyway. To me, this displays a type of sinful self-reliance and a lack of trust in the Father who had proven over and over that he is trustworthy. These are the same people that saw the Red Sea parted in front of them. These are the same people that followed a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud during the day. And when they get to Mount Sinai, they weren't there yet. When they get to Mount Sinai, the mountain is covered with smoke and lightning flashing and fire. And Moses goes up there to meet with God. And he's up there for too long. And they're like, well, we don't know what happened to that guy. There's a mountain, and it's on fire right there. Anyway, good thing we're not like them. The Sabbath rest had been established by God in paradise before sin. And he connected that rest to trusting in him for provision. He so said, I'm going to give you enough on the day before the Sabbath. So you don't have to gather more. You can just chill. Just relax. Stay home. Don't work. It's fine. You're fine. I've got you. Don't worry about it. That was uh, paraphrased. (laughs) Later in Exodus 20, we can see that he formally established the Sabbath as an act of worship. and rested Sabbath on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You know, I think if God had a top ten list, Sabbath would be on it. Oh, he did. I forgot. (laughs) (coughs) See, Don't give me cough drops. (laughs) Snarky. Oh, my goodness. This is the fourth commandment. Right, It's not just the top ten, it's the top five. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is the fourth commandment. You shall know other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol and bow down to it. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, and you shall keep the Sabbath holy. Those first four commandments all have to do with worship of the living God. But that's old school. We don't have to worry about that anymore, right? Hmm. I still think that when God writes something in stone with his own finger, it's really important. And that's exactly what he did. They were to remember the pattern that he had provided for his people and a command that he had already given them as an act of worship to God. We recognize his character in creation. We recognize his provision in the wilderness. And this is remembering the Sabbath as an act of worship. Because he said it, so do it. Right? That's kind of how it works. The simple fact is that when we obey the Lord, we worship him. Because he's worth obeying. That's what worship is. Attributing worth to God. He said it. We do it. We obey him because we love him. And it's an act of worship. When we observe a Sabbath rest, it's an act of worship. That's a very un-American, very anti-New Englander, I'll say it that way. Let's, let's be real, right? The virtue is in work, right? So work yourself right to death and you can rest when you're dead. Right? That's what, that's what death is for, Right? You can finally take a nap. I wish it wasn't funny, but it seems to be true. When we observe a Sabbath rest, we worship him. Now, this is not an excuse for laziness. Like, I have my Sabbath all week long, (laughs) right? Because I love the Lord. Now, could you please go get me some donuts? No, no, no. Not at all. The Bible has plenty to say about laziness. If you're curious, you can read the book of Proverbs. The lazy man dips his hand in the dish. He's too lazy to even pull it out again. It's not a virtue. So that's not what I'm talking about here. This is a command to rest one day out of the week. Work hard the rest of the week, but take the Sabbath day to rest as an act of obedience and worship to our Father. Now, unfortunately, this simple act of worship through rest got twisted. It got twisted into a religious obligation. The leaders of the Jews heaped on more and more rules and more and more definitions like, what really is work? Like, how many steps can you go before it's work? Like, you know, what can you get away with? How many words can you write in a row before it's work? Uh, And we kind of snicker at this, but it's all defined in the Talmud. You won't find it in Scripture. They knew how many steps they could take without violating the Sabbath or how many words they could write in a row without it being considered work. Do you know how many words in a row it is? Two. You can't sign your name on the Sabbath. It's considered work. How about that? Hmm. This is why Jesus spoke against the religious observation of the Sabbath so often in the Gospels. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. He does all kinds of stuff on the Sabbath. And the Jews are freaking out because he is breaking their man-made religious rules. I am not here to establish more man-made religious rules. That's not the goal here today. In Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28, Jesus showed them once and for all that the Sabbath was not a religious duty to be strictly observed so as not to break the law and become unclean and unacceptable before God. Those of us that understand salvation by faith in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, understand that we've already broken the Sabbath. Right, Writing two words in a row, it's not going to make it any worse. We're already in trouble without Christ. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, the disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look what they are doing. What is, uh, what, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you ever read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him, for any but the high priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with them. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The disciples were picking heads of grain, rubbing it together, and eating it because they didn't have anything else to eat what they were doing was breaking the jewish religious rules it would be better for them to go hungry because they would not be unclean and violate the law jesus shows that's stupid right not only that but it's evil because you're putting a yoke on people that they cannot bear they neither nor their fathers could bear the yoke that the Jews had put on them through all of these rules and rules and rules. That's not what the Sabbath is for. It's what Jesus proved. He proved it over and over when he healed people. and he did all kinds of miracles on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees freaked out because it's work. It's breaking our rules. It's foolish. Paul echoed uh, Jesus' same thought in Colossians 2.16 that I read at the very beginning. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. What a wonderful thought. The substance of the Sabbath belongs to Jesus Christ. That's really the point of all of this Jesus is our Sabbath rest apart from faith in Christ we fight and strive and work to prove ourselves good enough to God look at the systems of this world religious systems where people are trying to work themselves into a place of holiness righteousness they might call it something totally different I'm just a spiritual person and I've never killed anyone so I'm fine It's just work, work, work. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. He is the one that has done the work to purchase righteousness for us. Our work is to do this. It's not this. It's not grab and fight and work. It's to simply open our hands and accept Jesus as our Sabbath rest. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath because he created the Sabbath. It's rooted in his character he is the one who brings our toil and labor to an end. He is the one who holds this world together and keeps us from flying off it. It's not us. We don't keep the world spinning. Do you know that? <laughs> like, for real? It's not you. It's not me. It's not our effort. It's not, if we just work hard, everything's going to be Okay. No, that's not a promise. Not from God. When we rest, we display our trust in him. You know that? You ever think about that? I can't. Look, I just cannot take a day off. I've got too much to do. Who is going to do all this stuff? Probably nobody. But the world is going to keep spinning. When we rest, we display that we trust him to keep the plate spinning. We celebrate his grace because rest from our labor is a gift from him. When we rest, we rest in the character of the Lord, the God of rest and redemption. You ever think of God that way? He's the God of rest. He wants you to rest. (laughs) (laughs) not well maybe not right this second eyes up everybody come on (laughs) he's the god of rest and redemption the one who will one day bring all of our toil to an end and welcome welcome us his children into what hebrews 4 9 calls the sabbath rest that remains for god's people our eternal sabbath rest the heavenly sabbath that begins at christ's return let us, as verse 11 in Hebrews 4 puts it, strive to enter that rest. It seems kind of strive to rest. But I got to tell you, rest takes work. I got to rest for the next three months. You know how much work that's going to be? <sighs> Man, So it's not just about me. Let's get practical for you. How do you begin to celebrate a Sabbath rest? I'll give you a hint. It begins with taking a day off. I just won every once in a while. Do you know why in America we have a two-day weekend? Christians celebrate Sabbath on Sunday. Jews celebrate uh, Sabbath on Saturday. The Jewish people, the Jewish tradition, Sabbath started Friday night, lasted to Saturday night at sundown. I'm not telling you your Sabbath must be Sunday and make Sunday holy to the Lord and make sure you don't take more than 47 steps from your car to the church, back to your car, back to your house. (laughs) That's not it. It's not about adding more rules. It's about resting and trusting the Lord. The world will keep on turning. You can trust the Lord with that. Rest equals trust. I'm preaching to myself. Don't make a bunch of rules for yourself. Just take some time to cease from your labor and rest in the Lord. I'm going to be taking the next three months and trying to do that. So you can pray for me. I challenge you all to make resting a regular part of your routine as well. And I mean, I, I get it. Life is crazy, busy. I'll show you my calendar. I, I understand. We have to make rest part of our routine or we just fizzle out and we got no strength and we're no good for anybody for anything. This is part of God's pattern. He did not take it away. He didn't say when Jesus comes, all right, you don't have to worry about the Sabbath anymore. Forget it. He didn't do that, but it's not a religious obligation. It's not a, this crazy rule following check box duty type of thing. It's for our good. So Rest. Make resting a regular part of your routine, not as some kind of religious obligation, but as an act of worship and a declaration of trust in our Savior because he made the Sabbath for us. Amen? Now you can rest. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for establishing the pattern of Sabbath rest for us. And I pray that you would help us to understand the implications of that in our own lives pray that you would uh, help us to set aside some time to rest to rest in you to display our trust in you and your character and provision and to worship you that's not all of our our worrying and our striving and our working that's going to keep this world spinning you keep the world spinning so may we display our trust in you And Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that is still striving and working uh, and worrying about their own sin and carrying that burden themselves, I pray this morning they would accept the gift of your completed work on their behalf on the cross. That you died in their place so there was no more work left for them to do in regards to their sin. Lord, we thank you for being our Sabbath rest. May we all rest in you. We love you, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.